Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We want to point out two things in light of his love shown to us. Number one, it's richness. Three things we learn about God here in this verse. He is rich in mercy. First word, they are rich. In other words, abundantly wealthy. He is never ending in, what is this word? Mercy or compassion. In other words, not getting what we do deserve. Pastor Bill today, through his teaching, reveals to you God's love. It's something you don't deserve. After all, everyone has sinned. But God shows you mercy instead by offering you an alternative. He's offering you new life. Your sins deserve judgment and ultimately death. But through God's Son, Jesus, you don't have to face that punishment. Jesus already did by dying on the cross. And if you accept Him as your Savior, you have complete access to life as a child of God. What an amazing grace that is. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. In Ephesians chapter two, in the first part of verse one down to three, we see something there in verse one. It says he made us alive. And you see that in italics, but it's supported in verse five. Once again, you'll see it there. But he says that he made us alive or made alive those who of us are what he says dead who were dead. And so when you look at a word like were versus are, you see that something had to change. In light of, hey, something before you were this way, but that is no longer who you are today. And he said that we all have once walked, and according to verse 2, according to the course of this world and to the prince of the powers of the air and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. He says we were all once conducting ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. And we see that laundry list there. And many times, you know, if you lived, you know, we would call a moral life or, you know, some people call it a goody two shoe life. You know, you, you have a hard time remembering that that's where you were, you know, and one thing or another, whether it was just the lust of your flesh or, or if it was just, you know, something small versus somebody else and you look at them and you try to qualify your, your life in light of, oh, well, I'm not like them, you know. But, but the reality, we all, if we've come into this relationship with Christ, we were just like the others. The others who are presently maybe in this life now living in, a, in sin, willful disobedience against God. But here, look what it, verse one, I mean, verse four opens up and it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show his exceeding riches or the riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Today's message title is Even When. And even when is a statement that we want to highlight as we go through this small section of Ephesians. But if you're taking notes this morning, three things we want to draw out 
of this portion of scripture. Number one, God's love shown to us. God's love shown to us. And we see that in verses four in the beginning part of verse five. And then secondly, God's love shared with us. And we see that in the second part of verse five into verse six. God's love shared with us. And then finally, in verse seven, we see God's love shown through us. If you take a hundred dollar bill and you crumble it, maybe pour coffee on it, step on it, let the weather, you know, the rain pour down on it and you found it in the street. It would still be worth a hundred dollar bill, right? It would be still be worth a hundred dollars. Right. No matter if it came straight from the, you know, the monument or whether you found it that way. Why? Because the government has said that that bill is worth. A hundred dollars. I have a friend that works in retail and one day somebody came into the store to buy a bunch of clothes and the majority of the money was burned. I mean, you can still read hundred here. You see the Benjamin Franklin face on it. And so their management made them receive that money. Because their worth was not by what they said at the register, but by what the bank or the government said that that bill was worth. And the same thing is true in the context in which where God has me and my family serving in with people. People say that the people we deal with are worthless. People say that they're a menace to society. They're a problem. And why would you go there and why would you deal with them? But what we've discovered is that their value is not predicated on what people say, but what God says about that individual. And what he says about individuals is that they have purpose. And we all do, no matter where we come from, no matter what we were before, no matter if you grew up in the gutter or if you grew up in the suburbs, each and every one of us, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Individually, I don't care how depressed, sad, beat down by the world you have gone through. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And here I think we see this in even in the statement that verse four opens up with. It says, but God. And if you've gone through life, I know you hear the whisperer, the enemy, try to condemn you for all kinds of things that you may have done in the past. But we better be able to say, but God. And here's the, the, the real place for your heart to have victory over your mind. Attack is that you're able to say, yeah, I, I was that way. That's right. Not trying to deny that, but God. And here you may have been in this category of verses one through three. You were that way. But now you can testify and say, but God. And so just an encouragement to us as we move into Verse four and God's love shown to us. And we want to point out two things in light of his love shown to us. Number one, it's richness. Three things we learn about God is here in this verse. He is rich in mercy. First word, they are rich. In other words, abundantly wealthy. He is never ending in. What is this word? Mercy or compassion. In other words, not getting what we do deserve. And so we see this here according to Psalms 103 verses 10 and 11. It says, 
He has not dealt with us according to our sin, nor punished us according to our iniquity. For as the heaven are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards us who fear him. And so when we look at this here, number one, I want to tell you a story. Young fella, one day, late night, come in the house. I lay down my laptop and my computer on the kitchen counter. My wife needs me to go and take care of something. And so some of the guys that are always at our house comes over with these young guys and they need a ride home. And so my wife, I didn't think anybody was coming over that night. And so I leave my stuff there. Normally I stash it somewhere. But that night I didn't do that. And these guys come and one of them, I noticed the next morning that my laptop was missing. And you know, I always say, like, I'm getting older now, so did I misplace it because I can accuse somebody to take something? But come to find out, one young fella stole my laptop. And I'm like, man, like, let these kids in the house and da 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 da, da and you know, and, and they take my stuff, you know? But I go into this neighborhood where the kid lives, and as I go in there, I walk in there, I'm asking for him because I find the cameras, I'm looking for the specific person that I see on the cameras, and one of the guys said, man, you, you, I don't know what you've been through, but you must be real crazy to come up in here looking for some, your, your computer or your stuff, because where, where you at, nobody come through here looking for their stuff that's, that's been taken from them. And I said, look, man, I don't know about none of that. All I know is that this young fella took my computer, and so I know older guys there that we call them OGs or whatever you want to call them, and so I went and talked to one of them when I finally figured out the kid's name, and the guy made him go back to the pawn shop and, and try to retrieve the laptop. I later on see the kid, he, didn't, he wasn't able to get the laptop back. I wanted to literally choke him. It's one thing to steal a laptop, but it was more of the, the material that was on there. You know, and all the content that was on there. And I didn't have, I didn't buy extra cloud space and all of that. I got it now, trust me. But um, I didn't buy it then, right? But I wanted to choke him, um, literally. Like, not playing around, just being honest, right? But I had to remember, and I was reminded of this, of how God's mercy is shown towards me. You know, how many times maybe God want to choke me, <laughs> you know? It's just a thought that I may have, and he may want to choke me, you know? But here, look, understand this. Lamentations 3, 24, um, 3 says, God's mercies are new every morning. And we need to remember that, that our, his mercies are new for me and you every morning. Secondly, Micah 7, 18 tells us that God delights in mercy. And you know, you begin to look at verses like that and you can think about all the mercy that God wants to pour out on you, on me. Thank you, God, that you've given me mercy every morning. They're new, you know. You can get excited about that. You can get excited about the character of God that he delights in mercy. Until he says, instead of being a recipient of that, be a distributor of that. And you're like, hold on. And so when I'm talking to the young fella about stealing my laptop, I had to be a distributor of mercy. So much so that he wanted to pay me back the money that he had received. And I had to tell him, no, don't worry about it. I just pray that you get a lesson from this. You know? And so here, 
We must not only identify with being recipients of mercy, but being a distributor of it as well. And the next thing we note here is that God's love is great. In other words, it's much in quantity. And this love being spoken of here is that agape love that we've learned about, I'm sure, in in times past here. But here, look, understand this. It's God's unconditional love, but it's willfully directed towards you and I. But a lot of times we get this love mixed up like it's mushy love. Oh, yeah, you know, you make me feel so good. But as you look even in the in the times when Jesus was on the earth, God was giving man what he needed, not what man wanted. And so the same is true. A lot of times we want to we want to have love that that's kind of oh, yeah, that's what it makes me feel good. You know what? We err on that a lot of times because we hear somebody tell us something that's the truth. Oh, you're not loving me. That's, That's harsh. No, no, no. Because they were able to tell you the truth. You should see the love in that instead of the superficiality in that relationship. And so here, look, understand this. It's not only that his love is great, but also he loved us with a great love. In other words, he's cherished us. He has affection towards us and he's taken pleasure in us. And he proves it even such as in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says God has demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. I think of so often how many times we deal with addicts who come in the church and they say they want help. And we say, "Okay, well, show up. And then they come again. They didn't show up on the time that they we call them to show up. But then we they come again. Oh, man, you know, I'm really serious, man. I want that help. And I'm saying, man, you, you, you're wasting time. And, and I have to really adjust my heart to really see them through the lens that Christ sees them through. If not, I'll just be like, man, you just wasting my time. But the Holy Spirit may be saying, no, 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 you continue to love them. You continue to reach out to them. A lot of times, well, we'll wait for you to come. But how about going to get them? And that's the big difference in distributing love to someone else because it's sacrificial. And so here, when you look at this here, look, many times, whether it's prostitution, whether it's gay, lesbians, transvestite, all of that, we deal with it all. But the reality is here that God is giving us a love to not just receive but to pour out to others. And so we see God's love in such a way that it's not just a love, but it's a compassion for us. He has pity for us and we too should have that. But he also loved us. And the difference between that is being moved with compassion, but then taking action, having someone's best interest at heart. You can have compassion all day long, but when are you willing to then take the next step as God has called you to surrender yourself or to give of yourself to love someone else? And that's where, hey, you know, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh man, poor people, wow. But see you later because I got to go where I'm going, you know? And here, as you look at this here, we simply see A question that's revealed to us this morning, are we, those of us who have professed to know Christ and have his character, are we demonstrating or showing this kind of character towards others? I know you receive it for yourself. I know you like it when when it's yours. 
but are you distributing it to others? That's a question we must face this morning. Let's take dealing with someone in need, for example. You have compassion for them. I'll tell you a story that happened not too long ago of my son, my youngest son, a young girl that comes to the church. She's six years old now, and um, she runs this in the neighborhood all, all, all wee hours of the night. You know, sometime in the summertime, you see her out in the street, two o'clock in the morning, and it's, it's, that's, that's early for her. But this one day, she's at the church. She's saying, hey, I don't eat breakfast, which is very true, which we discovered. My son says, what? You don't eat breakfast? Oh, you know what? Let me tell you something. The next time, you, from now on, you don't never have to miss out on breakfast. You can come to our house and eat. And so he don't work. He's 10. <laughs> but he definitely volunteered whatever was in the kitchen to feed this young girl. First day the girl show up, she don't come alone. She come with about five other kids with her. I'm like, all right, Tim. I didn't want to say his name, but I'm like, all right. And so we got all these kids in there. They, they mixing it all up and stuff. And I'm like, all right, how's this going to work? You know, <laughs> it's amazing to see how even, you know, the Lord make provision. But then I go and share the same story at a church around in our, in our, in our state. Right. And I leave out of the place and the person someone gave me there cases of liquid eggs, bacon, sausages, some grown people's clothing. But it was breakfast that was provided. But not only that, but uh, two weeks later, my wife calls me and says, there's a box here that has a doll baby in it for Haley. And there was a note written there. And in the envelope was a check for $1,000 for her. And so it was just mind-blowing that through a simple act of compassion from my son, and not just that, but extending love, willing to wake up because, you know, he want to sleep in his summertime, you're out of school, you know, oh, oh you, you, you started the ministry, now you got to do the work, you know, that's your sacrifice, you ain't say, oh, come over here, my mom and my dad going to cook for you, no, 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 get in that kitchen and work it up, you know, and so, you know, he, he had to do it and he was doing it and it's been great for him, you know, but to see how God made the provision for him in his willingness to meet someone in need. And so not only that, but how about when we deal with people with conflict? You know, I deal with kids, troubled teens all the time. You know, one kid I'm thinking of specifically, 15 years old, fatherless, mother's paralyzed, 10 siblings, you know, oldest brother doing a life sentence. The, younger, the other two brothers under him run the gangs down there. Then there's him, his sister, then him, and then the other young brothers. Then their family claims to be Muslim. And somebody said this to him. He said, they, they said to him, you are the most church going Muslim I've ever met because he's always around. But then you also see his younger brothers coming around and even myself building relationship with his older two brothers. But he's angry. This young 15 year old angry, ready to fight you at the drop of the dime. You whether young, old, whatever. He just out there. Doesn't know Jesus. And just. How to just walk through a situation just in a diplomatic way. 
You know, and you look at him and you can just see the hurt and you can also see the, the hardness, but you can also see the tenderness when you get alone with him one on one. And so when you look at someone like that in the life that he's living and what he's been exposed to from young, very angry, very hard. But the Lord has given us a heart of compassion and love for an individual like such. And we have to remember, even as Luke chapter 6, verse 36 says, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. We see his riches, but we also see God's love shown to us in its reality. And here we see God's love was great towards us. We see it in verse 5. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses. God's love was tested on even the greatest of levels. And let me tell you something, yours and my love will be tested on the same level as well. Hey, when people do you wrong, when people, you know, talk about you, when people treat you in a, in a ill way, when they trespass against you, hey, your love is going to be tested. And here we see, like, because it seems that Paul is amazed by, through this statement here that even when we were dead in our trespasses, he chose to show his love towards us. And so here, being merciful, understand this, is a choice. And you and I have to choose to be merciful to someone. That's a choice. You have to make that choice. Here, look, hey, understand this. When somebody wrongs you or offends you, hey, we have the opportunity to choose to remember, but for the grace of God, and to remember that God loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. You know, as you think about this, many times we want to deal with things just on a surface level. We have to understand, even when somebody trespasses against us, sins against us, there's an attack on your emotion. And emotions are real. You have a feeling. Somebody do something wrong to you, somebody that you extend in love to. You know, if you're in a marital relationship and, and your spouse does something or says something that harms you, you whoa. You know, next time you guard up. You, you don't want to be vulnerable and being merciful and showing love takes vulnerability. It just does that, hey, babe, you said this to me and it, and it hurt my feelings. Or oh, you did this and, 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 and I felt this way about that. To do that means that you're going to be vulnerable because you don't know if the next time it comes around, if it's going to happen again. And, and so seeing this here, understanding this, let me give you an example how your emotion can affect how you have perceived what has taken place and the reality of what's taken place. You see, because the reality is this, through your emotion, God wants to give you victory. But the same emotion that you're going through is the same thing that Satan wants to destroy you in. Wants you to believe a lie. You know, a few months ago, I was at the gym and I realized when I got there, I left my cell phone. And so I start going, hey, okay, God, if, if my wife loves me, she'll bring my cell phone to me. 
you know, I start processing this thing, you know, God, you know, just just get her to bring the phone, you know. And when she gets there, I say, babe, you got my phone? She's like, nope, I don't have it. No, I ain't see your phone. And I'm saying, like, what? Like, she had to see it. She had to know it was right there in the bathroom on the counter when she went in the bathroom. She saw it, got to, and you know what? Maybe even saw it and made an intention. Now, I'm not bringing it. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Ephesians is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab or feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we study through the book of Ephesians, has it caused you to think about your relationship with the people around you? Do you love them as Jesus does? Do you treat them as Jesus would? Do you seek to cause strife or do you seek to honor the Lord in your relationships? Paul valued unity just as the Lord does. If this is something you wrestle with, you're not alone. And although that may be comforting, it's also important that you strive to live in harmony with those around you. As we continue through this study together, we're praying for you. Would you also be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your prayers, and thanks for tuning into to today's edition of A Transforming Word.